guys ever seen the movie Homeward Bound? It's a movie that I watched when I was a kid. Um, it's based off the novel of The Incredible Journey. If you've never seen it, it, it involves um, three pets, uh, two dogs and a cat. And their owner, uh, they bring them to a friend's house uh, for their friends to watch over their pets as they go on vacation. Uh, and it's important to probably mention that these pets, they have voices. Uh, they converse with one another throughout the movie. Um, but as they're staying with their owner's friends, they begin to become worried. They start to think, oh, we've just been here way too long. There must have been something bad that happened to our, our owner. So they decide that they're going to uh, make their journey home to back to their beloved owners. But the only problem was they were hundreds of miles away from home. There, there was a mountain between them and their home. But that didn't stop them. They decided that they were going to embark on that journey. So they, they made their way through the Sierra Nevada mountains. Uh, countless obstacles waited for them there. Uh, bears, cougars, skunks, porcupines. Um, eventually, the, the three pets, they get to a, a river. And they have to cross to the other side. The two dogs, Chance and Shadow, they, they cross at a very... Uh, uh, shallow and gentle part of the river, but, but the cat, Sassy, she refuses the cross. She is determined not to get wet. So she starts to run down the shoreline, trying to find a, a safe and uh, dry way to get across. Eventually, she finds some rocks. She finds some logs. She, she hops on and starts to happily make her way across to the other side, but, but then she slips then she falls into the river. And at, at that point in the river, the, the current was raging. It, it quickly sweeps her away. It continues to carry her farther and farther down the river. And the two dogs, Chance and Shadow, they start running alongside the shore. Uh, they're yelling at Sassy, telling her just to hang on. Shadow, the golden retriever, he's telling Sassy to keep her head above the water. But the current of the river, it's just too strong. Eventually, it leads Sassy to a waterfall, and, and Sassy goes over the waterfall. Uh, the two dogs, they, they come to the edge of the waterfall, and they look down, and, hoping to see that Sassy's okay. Chance, he, he says, I don't see her, Shadow, do you? And Shadow responds, no, it swallowed her up. Quite the traumatic scene uh, for a child to witness in a movie. Um, but, spoiler alert, uh, Sassy, she ends up being fine. But uh, that scene from that movie, it randomly came into my mind as I prepared this sermon. It made me feel or think that sometimes life can feel like a raging river. And sometimes we may feel like we're caught in a current that's carrying us uh, to where we don't want to go. And this current that's moving swiftly against us, we try our best to fight against it. But it's just too strong. Problems in our lives, they are rising out of the water. They're grabbing us by the ankle, trying to pull us under. We try our best to keep our head above the water as we listen to a, the voice of a loved one who's running alongside the shore, telling us to hang on, that things are going to get better. Just hang on. But the current is relentless. The problems seem too big. And we begin to feel so limited in what we can actually do. Sometimes tired from fighting the current, we, we just kind of let go. We just allow the current to kind of take us and we become very apathetic as the problems of life slam against us like rocks are rising up from the water. We just wait for this life to swallow us up. Have you been there? 
Maybe feeling like sassy, caught in this raging river of life, fighting against the current, fighting against problem after problem. Or or maybe you've played the role of shadow, running alongside the river as you watch a loved one struggle, yelling at them to just hang on, telling them to just keep their head above the water. Wishing so badly that you could do something, uh, wishing you could do something to help them fight against that current, Uh, but you feel so limited to what you can actually do in in the midst of such a giant problem. Whether we're caught in the current or watching a loved one struggle, uh, what can help us fight? What can aid us in keeping our head above the water? What what can we do when we feel like we have so many limitations placed upon us? How can we ensure that that raging river does not swallow us up or swallow up a loved one? Last week, we started our study on the book of Colossians. If you missed it, the, the church in the city of Colossae, it is struggling The people there, they're caught up in a raging river of lies. Uh, There were people infiltrating the church, uh, spreading these lies that Jesus wasn't truly God. And the people in the church, they had no idea how to fight against these problems. And and it led them to struggle in in what exactly they needed to believe. The apostle Paul, though, he learns about the struggles this church was facing. Uh, He wanted to help. I'm sure he wanted to be with them, telling them to hang on and to keep their head above the water because that's often what he did. He would travel around to these different churches, training the people, teaching the people, encouraging them. Uh, But as Paul learned about the struggle the Colossians were facing, he himself was facing struggles of his own. You see, Paul, he was in Rome, 1,300 miles away from Colossae. and, And Paul, he was incarcerated. He had been arrested in Jerusalem for preaching about Jesus. And his journey was long to how he got to Rome, incarcerated there. Uh, And at this point, he actually wasn't in prison, but he was under house arrest, under constant guard, not able to leave. So you can imagine at that point, as Paul learns about the struggles of the Colossians, he probably felt very limited to what he could actually do to help. But, but he starts to write a letter to them. He, he writes the book of Colossians that we find in the Bible. He writes this letter to encourage the people of that church. Though he could not meet with them face to face, he wanted to do something. He wanted to encourage them to keep growing in Jesus. He wanted them to understand exactly who Jesus is, that he is God and he has an active role in their church and in their lives. As Paul sits pinning that letter, you can imagine he feels limited to what he could do as these people he loves struggle. In his letter, he's running along the shore and encouraging them to keep their head above the water, doing his best to explain the supremacy of Jesus and for them to not lose their faith. But I'm sure as he writes that letter, I'm sure he's faced with this overwhelming feeling of of wanting to do more than that. But in the situation that he's in, under house arrest, uh, with these limitations, uh, what else can he do? The year 2020, it it flipped the world upside down, didn't it? With the rise of the coronavirus, uh, I'm sure many people felt like they were caught in this raging river fighting against the currents of uh, fear, of isolation, the the currents of frustration and uncertainty. Uh, During that time, we as a church, we we couldn't have in-person services, but we had the means to do church online. So we ran with that. Um, And it was kind of fun at first, 
kind of exciting. Uh, the stay at home order was in, in effect. So we got to do church in our pajamas. And we as a church staff, we would uh, ensure that we were watching along with the services online as well so that we could be in the chat talking with people as, as they watch, co- connecting with them. We offered online prayer. Um, we wanted to find ways to connect with people to let them know that we're still here. We're still doing church. We're still serving the same God. Uh, we even called people throughout the week, um, praying with them, letting them know Exactly that, that we're still here if they need anything. Uh, We had food here available for people that were struggling to buy food during that time. God was still at work during that time and God was still at work in our church and I was so inspired and thankful for that. At that time, I was the elementary director in Kids Works. I was looking for ways to provide resources, lessons, uh, activities for the kids and their parents to do. I would post those things online as well as some um, maybe fun videos that I thought the kids would, would like. Uh, it was a very different experience, a little exciting at first. But if I'm being honest, it, it began to wear me down. I remember one Sunday... Um, before church was going to start online, I, I decided I wanted to feel some form of normalcy. So I, I decided I'm going to do the online services. I'm going to do them from my office at church. So at least I'm here at church on a Sunday and it, it kind of feels normal. So I came to the church. I parked uh, in the Kids Works parking lot. I remember sitting in my car for a moment and just staring at the empty parking lot remembering when that parking lot would have been full of cars and and people smiling and walking to the the entrances, excited to experience church, excited to experience God. I walked into the darkened entrance of KidsWorks that that now looked like a scene from a post-apocalyptic movie. Uh, Things hung on the walls from months prior, uh, remnants left proclaiming that life had once occurred there in that, that building. The hallways that used to be filled with kids and their parents, now quiet and desolate. And I made my way to the light factory, the, uh, where the first through fifth graders would usually meet on Sundays uh, for their large group church service. I remember opening the door, turning on the light, and just kind of staring around the room. The, the faint echoes of kids laughing while playing with games before the service started it danced in my ears. The distorted shadows of the kids' works leaders talking with one another and sitting on the floor with the kids, it haunted the room. I yearned to have it all back, to see the kids, to see my leaders and all, all of us there together again. I remember I went and I sat on the stage and I just kind of stared across the room. I, I looked at the floor right in front of me and remembered that that's where the kids would have been sitting I remember their, their smiling faces, them raising their hands, excited to share the things about their week. Excuse me. Um, I remember the, uh, the sounds of them singing during worship, uh, them dancing. Remember the sounds of them uh, sometimes laughing at my jokes and sometimes the crickets of them not laughing at my jokes. Um, but I sat there wishing that it could just all go back to normal. Uh, I sat and I began to cry, missing the kids, missing the leaders. I I sat and I I hoped with all my heart that the kids were safe. I hoped that wherever they were, that they were smiling. I I felt like there was a mountain between us. I I felt like I was 1,300 miles away from them. There on that stage, tears streaming down my face, I began to feel the water rise. I began to feel the current 
began to push against me, slamming up against the rocks. As my head began to bob up and down out of the water, as I, as I gasped for air, as I, as I fought against that raging river, I began to ask God, where exactly are you? Are you working? Are you moving? Can you at least throw me a life preserver? I sat on that stage as I cried. I began to pray. I prayed for the kids. I prayed for the leaders. I, I prayed that I would hear God's voice in the chaos that I would hear his voice in the midst of that raging current I felt carrying me away. I, I prayed that I would not be swallowed up. As Paul poured his heart out to the Colossians and, and writing that letter to them, he also poured his heart out to God in prayer. And though Paul was limited to what he could do physically because he was incarcerated, he, he turns to something that not even the strongest prison can stop, the power of prayer. Here's what the Bible says. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. Though Paul certainly has his own problems, right? He turns to God and prays to him to aid the Colossians in their fight against that current. Praying that God would intercede. And that he would keep the Colossians from being swallowed up in the lies that were rising up out of the water. Here's what Paul's prayer for the Colossians was. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives. Uh, now, why does Paul pray that wisdom, understanding the, the knowledge of, of God's will, what exactly God wants? Here's what's interesting. The Greek word that Paul used for that word understanding, the Greek word is synesis. That word means a running together, flowing together. Paul's prayer for the Colossians is that they would not continue to fight against the raging current, but instead they would flow within the current of God. And Paul prays that because he knows that the Colossians receive this wisdom and understanding that no matter what lies they are told, they will be steadfast in their belief in Jesus. Paul knows that the current of God is far stronger than the raging river that they are fighting against. And Paul knows that if the Colossians, if they turn their eyes away from the lies and fix them on Jesus, then it'll change everything. Can you see Paul running alongside the river, telling them to, to keep their head above the water, to fix their eyes on Jesus, that, that he will give you what you need? Here in this letter, we see uh, the flow that Paul kind of lays out, the flow that will lead us into the current of God. And that same, that same flow that Paul prays for the Colossian, that same flow is a flow that we can utilize today in our own lives. But what does that flow look like? I know Paul wrote words like wisdom and knowledge and understanding, but what are the steps that we can actually take to get into that flow, to understanding Jesus, to get into the flow of God? I believe it starts with prayer. We pray. In prayer, we acknowledge God. We bring the concern to his feet. Whether we are caught in the river or running alongside the shore, we let him know that we cannot do this without him. That we know without a doubt he is capable of anything. And within that prayer, we flow into expressing our desire for God to lead. We invite God to lead. A major part of our faith is, is believing that God's way is better. We invite God to lead in our lives and we are proclaiming to him that we know he is good and that his way is the best way. We surrender to his will. We surrender to his desires. We surrender to his plan. 
And sometimes that's hard to remember though, right? We're caught in that raging river. We're watching a loved one struggle, but that's why we stop. That's why we pray. No matter what limitation we feel is standing in our way, there's nothing that can stop the power of prayer. And as we invite God to lead, as we lay it all in his very capable hands, as we flow into trusting that he will work, we flow into that. We trust that God will work. And that trust, believing that he will work, it it becomes our life preserver. The more that you allow God to work, the more you begin to, to trust that he's moving in that situation. And the more you begin to believe that, that God is going to bring something good out of that situation, no matter how big the problem may seem, God is bigger, God is stronger, and that trust will aid you in keeping your head above the water, and that trust will carry you into the flow of God. So we pray, let God lead, let God work. What exactly is the purpose of that flow though, right? The purpose of praying, inviting God to lead, and inviting God to work Here's what Paul tells the Colossians, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and and giving joyful thanks to the Father. The, The current of God, it flows into strength, endurance, patience, joy, and and gratitude. And as we flow in synergy with God, we begin to feel it. We begin to experience it. As we pray, we begin to feel his strength working in our lives. As he leads, we begin to endure whatever hardship is in front of us because we know his way is better. As we trust him to work, we begin to produce a patience that covers every aspect of our lives because we know that he is faithful and he is capable. And we know that he will not allow us to be swallowed up. And all that, it leads to this unspeakable joy, this this joy that brings us to our knees, this joy that brings us into gratitude towards God for everything that he's done. As I mentioned before, that that morning I spent time praying on the stage, uh, crying as I did. During that time, I, I prayed, I asked God for guidance. I prayed and invited God to lead There was no fiery bush talking to me as a result, no booming voice from the heavens, no whisper in my ear. But through that time of prayer, it provided me with a sense of hope. It led me to trust that God was working no matter how dire the situation seemed. I eventually, I got up and I left the room. I made my way down to my office and joined the online services I continued to pray that week as I prepared the lessons and activities that I was going to post online. Usually the activities I I posted uh, for the elementary kids, uh, I made sure that uh, they would involve items that the kids could probably find around the house. They wouldn't have to go out and buy anything. Uh, But as I prepared the lessons and the activities that week, uh, I got inspired to, to not just post those things online, but to actually take the lessons, the activities, supplies to the kids. If if the kids couldn't come to church, then I would bring church to them. So I started preparing these packets, these packages. Um, They included the lesson instructions for the activity and all the supplies that the kids would need for the activity. I also included some fun little toys uh, that you'd find in like the party aisle of Walmart or Target. I also included some candy, just, just stuff that the kids would open up and and be excited to see. 
I packed all of that along with a handwritten note into a, a gallon-sized Ziploc bags. We had pretty much everyone's uh, names in our database and their addresses. So uh, I started to compile a list of kids that I knew regularly came to Kids Works. I, I posted it on Facebook, letting the parents know what I was doing. So to message me, uh, I was just going to be doing the elementary kids and uh, our, our early childhood department. They were doing the, the little ones too. Uh, and so I, I, I made a list of all the elementary kiddos that I would be delivering to, uh, the parents who would message me, their addresses, and, and they were scattered everywhere. Beloit, South Beloit, uh, Roscoe, Rockton. Uh, I went as far south as Duran, uh, Clinton, Delavan, Janesville, Milton, and even Broadhead. So I kind of organized it. So as I would make those deliveries, I, I was not driving uh, around like a crazy person. And my plan was to simply take the package, drop it on the kid's doorstep, ring the doorbell and, and just go. And so that Friday, just four days after I'd sat on that stage in kids works and prayed, um, I was ready to embark that morning on, on this journey to deliver these packages to these kids that I had been missing so dearly. And it took me all day. I'm talking eight hours I was exhausted at the end of the day. I was tired when I got home, but I felt so good. I, I felt so accomplished. And some of the parents and the kids, they would catch me as I, I left the, the packages and they would smile and wave. And I would have those images and all of that fresh in my mind as I got home. I, I knew immediately though that I was gonna continue doing this because parents had already started posting online uh, the, the completed activities that their kids had done and how much they appreciated it. So I knew that this was something I had to keep doing. I kept doing it every Friday until we had in-person services again. I, sometimes Saturdays too. Thankfully, after a couple of weeks of doing it, um, to help with elementary, one of our difference makers, Sarah Anderson, she uh, decided to help and, and she was missing the kids as much as I did. So she took over delivering to Janesville and Milton, which, which helped a ton. And, and again, we had early childhood leaders delivering to the, the very little ones. Um, but though I felt so limited in the face of such a big problem, I decided to pray. I decided to invite God to lead. I invited God to let me know, well, what is your desire of me? And as I followed the inspiration that I received from him, I trusted for him to work, to work through me, to work through the packages that were being delivered. I trusted him to be right by my side as I ran along that shore, yelling for the kids to keep their heads above the water, telling the parents to fix, fix their eyes on Jesus, to have hope. And my God came through, he showed up. And I can't tell you how much I saw him working through it all. The impact of delivering these packages had on me, it was everything. It changed my whole outlook during that time. The fruit that came from it, it gave me strength. It gave me endurance, patience, and joy in one of the hardest seasons I had ever faced. The kids, they began to know when I would deliver the packages, they, they would often sit by the window, wait for me. They, they'd wave and smile, sometimes jump up and down. Someone opened the door and, and we'd sit for a bit and talk on the doorstep. Kids, uh, they began leaving me notes, telling me about their days at home and expressing how much they miss church. Uh, here's one of the many notes that I got delivering. I, I know you can't read it, but... Here's what it says. Jake, we miss you so, 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 so much. Uh, 
Thank you for the stuff and for the peeps. In our basement, we learned to climb poles. It was hard. I wish we could still go to church. We miss going. Yesterday, I got a new helmet. We are riding on the windows. We are thinking about building a new swing set. Love, Aaron, or Ava and Aaron. I even got a, a picture with Ava and Aaron one time I was delivering. Um, there, there was another girl that I would deliver to. She had created these t-shirts and she was selling them online. And so each Friday that I went and I delivered the package, she would have an envelope of money waiting for me on the front. It said church donation. She wanted that money to go towards helping people who couldn't buy food during that time. Parents were leaving me baked goods, which I enjoyed on those long drives. Um, I began to love my Friday's delivering though. Even, even though they were long days, even though it was hard, even though it took me away from my own family, I loved getting to talk to the kids and their parents, even if it was just through the window or on a doorstep. One of the moms, she wrote on Facebook how much she appreciated the package that she got for her daughter. Um, and she told me the story of, of what happened when her daughter opened that very first package. As she opened the package, she saw the contents. She, she saw it was from me and she said to her mom, look, mom, Jake remembered me. Now, I remember reading that on Facebook, closing my tear-filled filled eyes and just saying, thank you, Jesus. Because it wasn't me, it, it was all Jesus. All the notes that I had received, all the church donations, the baked goods, the doorstep talks, everything, I was just so thankful for what God was doing. So grateful to be a peace in how he was working in this chaotic and scary time. And that message from that mom, knowing that that little girl felt seen, knowing that she felt remembered, it, it made everything worth it. All the effort of preparing the packages and the lessons and, and all the time that it took driving, delivering them. And I don't tell you this to, to think that I'm special because I am definitely not special. I tell you this because that is the power of God. That is the flow of God. And when I was preparing this sermon, I, I just kept loving the, the imagery, the illustration, illustration of this raging river, right? I love that the Greek word synesis that Paul used for understanding, I love that it meant to flow with, a running together. I started to visualize these two rivers running alongside one another. Uh, can you see them in your mind? These, these two rivers running alongside one another, separated by this mass of land, right next to each other. Oh, one river, the river of life, right? That, that sometimes we, we fight and we, we fight against the current. Uh, these rocks arising from the water, slamming against us. Rocks that look like shame, rocks that look like pain and regret. Fight, doing our best to just fight against that current to keep our head above the water. And then the river over here, the river of God, the flow of God, this, this current that's leading into joy, peace, and hope. As I thought about those two rivers, how they were separated, I started to wonder, is there anything that brings two rivers together? I seriously did not know. So it shows you how smart I am. So I, I Google it. Um, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I, I Google it and I find this word, this word called confluence. Do you know that word? Because I did not. 
Uh, here's what it means. A, a point where two or more rivers or streams come together and flow as one. Uh, a union, a meeting point, a connection between those two rivers, allowing them to become one. A confluence. My friends, Jesus, he is our confluence. He is the confluence that allows our raging river of life to flow into the river of God. And I know earlier I stated that the flow starts with prayer. Uh, But if we really think about it, it starts with Jesus. It starts with the gospel. It starts with the good news. Because of Jesus, we get to pray. And God hears our prayers. And because of Jesus, we are able to invite God to lead. Because of Jesus, we can trust that God will work in our lives and the lives of our loved ones. All because of Jesus, we're allowed into the flow with God to run together with him. As we pray, invite him to lead, trust him to work, he will use us to work alongside him. He will aid us as we run alongside the shore and he will be with those who are caught in the raging river. He will let them know that they are seen, they are remembered, they are not alone. And because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, we don't have to stay in those raging waters. We are rescued from it. Here's what Paul tells the Colossians. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, Jesus, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. And in Bible times, when a, uh, a kingdom was conquered by another The inhabitants of that defeated kingdom, they were all transported to the kingdom that had won. And when Jesus died for us on the cross and three days later, he was raised back to life by the power of God, the kingdom of darkness, it was defeated, allowing us to be carried into the kingdom of God because of Jesus, our confluence, no longer being forced to live in the kingdom of Satan, but now belonging to God because of Jesus, allowing us to pray, allowing us to let God lead, allowing us to trust that God is gonna work, allowing us to flow with God. Uh, Here's another movie I thought of when I was preparing this sermon, a movie called Taken. Have you seen that one? Definitely does not have any talking pets in it. Not really a movie for kids either, but if you haven't seen it, the main character is played by Liam Neeson. Um, He's an ex-CIA agent, retired. He was the best of the best, but in the movie, his daughter gets kidnapped and he embarks on this journey to, to get his daughter back. Now, at one point in the movie, he's talking to the kidnappers on the phone and he says a line that has been has become very popular. And maybe if you haven't even seen the movie, maybe you've heard it, but here's what he tells them on the phone. I have a very particular set of skills, skills that I have acquired over a very long career, skills that make me a nightmare for people like you, uh, my friends, if you ever feel like you are caught in that raging river of life, and you feel like you're just running along the shore endlessly as you watch a loved one struggle, when you feel like you you have limitation after limitation placed upon you, what else can you do? You can be reminded that you serve a God who has a very particular set of skills. The same God that spoke this world into existence. The same God that parted the waters of the Red Sea. The same God that brought the walls of Jericho crumbling to the ground. The same God that allowed David to defeat Goliath, the same God that protected Daniel and the lion's den, the same God that brought three young men out of a fiery furnace unburned, the same God that sent his one and only son, Jesus, 
to live a perfect life, to be our sacrifice, to die on our behalf. And three days later, by the power of that same God, the stone was rolled away. There was an empty grave and Jesus, our confluence, was risen from the dead, declaring that we would belong to the kingdom of darkness no more, allowing us to flow into the kingdom of God. And that same God, that same power, it is moving in your life. It is moving in whatever situation you are facing, no matter what limitation you feel you have. And he wants so badly for you to flow with him. And he wants so badly for you to flow into strength, into endurance, into patience and joy and gratitude. He is with you in the water. He is with you as you run alongside the shore. You are seen and you are remembered by that very same God. No matter what problem you or a loved one may face in life, God is moving. So keep your head above that water and fix your eyes on Jesus. In the face of limitations... No matter what limitations we face, because they're going to come. Times are going to get hard. But in the face of those limitations, will you pray? Will you let God lead? Will you let God work? Each weekend, um, as we study through this book of Colossians, we want to make sure that each weekend you guys leave here with a prayer card. Uh, Maybe you got one last weekend, maybe you didn't, but um, as you leave, these will be handed to you. And the, and the, the cool thing about this prayer card that you're going to get today is it's personalized. You get to write in someone's name. If there's someone in your life that you know is struggling, currently fighting against the, the raging rivers of life, you can write in their name and, and then write the problem that they're facing. Or maybe you feel like you're the one fighting in that current. You can write your own name in it and and write what you want God, how you want God to intervene. But take this home, put it on your fridge, put it on your computer or keep it in your car. Put it someplace that you can see it every day so that you will be reminded to pray, to let God lead and to trust God to work. But now as we close the the band, they're going to play one more song. We're going to sing. If you've come today feeling like you are, you are caught in that current, you're fighting against this raging river of life and you would like prayer today, then we will be down here to pray for you. Uh, if you've come today and you feel like you've been running along the shore as you watch a loved one struggle in that current and you would like us to pray with you for that loved one, we will be down here to pray with you today. If you've come today and, and you would like to experience baptism You're ready to to let God lead and to trust God to work, let God move, that we will be down here and we will make sure that you are able to be baptized today. So any of those things just come forward during this last song. But before I get off the stage, I would love to pray for you now. So if you would stand with me now and bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that we can gather here in your name. We know the world is still a messed up place that chaos ensues. And at times we feel so limited to what we can do for our own lives or for our our loved ones. But we are so grateful for Jesus, our confluence that because of him we can flow into your current, God. 
And I pray for everyone here that they would feel your joy, they'd feel your peace, they'd feel your hope today. And if anyone is feeling like they're struggling against the currents, I I pray that they would feel the arms of Jesus around them in the waters and feel him as he carries them over into your kingdom, God, knowing that they are rescued, knowing that they don't have to worry about those rocks or the shame or the pain or the regret anymore. And we thank you for that, God. In joyful gratitude, we thank you. And it's in your name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Central Wired podcast. Be sure to stay connected with us at centralwire.com and have a great week. Thank you.